Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another brand new episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. And it is our final week of the NFL Draft Extravaganza. And this week, we've gotten all the team needs out of the way. And there's been a couple, there's been a bigger trade since then, obviously, with Baltimore trading with Kansas City for that 31 overall pick. And they, you know, in return, just Kansas City getting just just a simple, strong, all pro tackle. No big deal. Maybe Zeus in exchange. It's fine. Yeah, no big deal or anything. But no, so there's been a lot of things that happen. But we have finished with all the team needs. So that leaves us with this last episode before the draft. It's the mock draft 2.0 where DJ and I give our picks if we were the GMs based off of team needs, where we would go. This is not going to be we're predicting what's going to happen list because let's be honest, there's no predicting what happens in the NFL. That just doesn't happen. Some GMs are smarter than us, some are dumber than us, so it's hard for us to accommodate for that. So we'll just go with what we'd do. Yeah, exactly. Not all of us have Doug Marone in, in, in our ear, you know, giving, giving us every pick to make, So uh, and none <laughs> of them work. Uh, but, so we're going to go ahead and start it out, DJ. 
We're going to go all 32 of your picks, and we're going to see if we can get it done. We're giving you a minute on the clock per pick. All right? So whenever you're ready, man, get us kicked off with your 32-team first round. Well, number one's not going to need a full minute. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. If for no other reason, I don't want to be the person who passed on Trevor Lawrence if he goes on to full-on Trevor Lawrence. Regardless of what you think about anyone else, I don't want to be the guy that passed him. So Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Safe. Number number two, if I'm the Jets, it's going to be Zach Wilson. But if I'm in charge, I'm taking Justin Fields. I think he is QB2. He's more athletic. He has a rock of an arm. He's a gamer. He's a leader. He's a winner. He's the type of guy that could turn around this New York Jets team. And you have future picks in this draft that can help you out. So give me Justin Fields, number two, which means number three, San Francisco. You have Zach Wilson on the board, and you have to take a quarterback here, basically. You trade up for all that. I'm still taking – I think I'd take Zach Wilson, even though I don't know if that's why they traded up. I'm not going to judge the Shanahan's. I'm taking Zach Wilson, sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year. Kyle Shanahan's system, you give him George Kittle and all those guys, that's a fun system to put him in for a year. If I'm forward Atlanta, I am trading out of this pick, but we're not including trades because that just would get – this is too messy and we'd take too long. So number four, if I'm Atlanta, I'm keeping my high investment of Matt Ryan. I'm keeping him healthy, and I'm taking a left tackle. I'm taking Panay Sewell. I'm keeping him protected because you can't get rid of him. You're stuck with him. He's 35. He's not my quarterback standards, pocket quarterback standards. You got a few more years with him probably too. You got Julio. If he could stay healthy, you got Calvin. I, I try to trade out to get more picks this bolster this, but I'm going to take Rashawn. I'm going to take Penny Sewell, excuse me, to just keep Matt Ryan up and healthy and maybe help clear some lanes. Cause they don't have a running back. They need one, but Penny Sewell makes running backs a lot better. Yeah. So at number five, in the exact same vein of making sure Joe Burrow's knee doesn't turn into that again, I'm taking Rashawn Slater, who has all pro, who has starting offensive high quality starting offensive lineman as his floor. Like he could play left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, whatever you need, stick him in there and he'll be fine. He's as a lot of shades of your boy Braden Smith from Auburn, where drafted as a guard, turned into an all an, one of the better right tackles in the game. And I think Rashawn Slater is even more athletic and a little more versatile. So uh, his peak could be David Bakhtiari at left tackle. So I love Rashawn Slater. Perfect fit for the bang for the Bengals, who I think could also trade out to get more offensive linemen if they wanted. Yeah. Which takes me to the Miami Dolphins at six after trading up and back and down and all the way around. They find themselves at six. As much as Kyle Pitts seems like it's the move here, I'm going to say you take Devontae Smith here. I think Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are better prospects, but I look at my quarterback to it. You have Devontae Parker, a big six foot three receiver for the seven and a half games he'll play. You have Mike Isicki, your big tight end. You have Will Fuller, your burner. Devontae Smith is a guy you put him in, you could put him in the slot or outside, and good luck jamming him. Like, just good luck. They talk about they're worried about his size. He gets open. He gets open quick, and that's what Tua, that's what he thrives on. He doesn't really throw, he doesn't throw into coverage very well. He likes to see his guy break open. That's his specialty with those slants and those hit routes and those verticals that he's basically made his way through his entire life with that we saw a lot at Alabama. Get him a guy who's familiar with, a guy that gets open quick. So, Devontae Smith, First off the board, even if he's not my highest prospect, this fit makes sense to me. Detroit, I am trading back because I have so many needs. Yeah. But we can't trade back. Like I try and accumulate all the picks because you know you're not you're not gonna make a big jump this year. But since you are stuck here, you're kind of, they say history is doomed. If you don't learn from history, you will repeat yourself. But dang it, we're repeating ourselves and we're taking a corner at this spot and we are taking JC Horn. You're gonna get JC Horn, you're gonna pair him with Jeff Okuda, who had a rough rookie season, but I still I think the jury is still out on him because Matt Patricia is terrible for corners. He trashed Darius Slay. He trashes everybody. So I think Jeff Okuda can still bounce back. You have so many needs. Why not get a guy who can – that way you could throw different bodies at the Devontae Adams and the Allen Robinsons, the 
Justin Jefferson's and Adam Thielen's 40 in your division. Just get bodies to throw at them. You kept Romeo Corey. He can pass rush. So you have a lot of needs. You might as well start in the secondary because corners can make a big difference, especially if Okuda lives up to his top 10 billing with J.C. Horn. It's a good duo you got going there. That makes up for a lot. Number eight, if you're at Carolina, they they got Sam Darnold. This is another one. Since they got Sam, I think you can look to trade back, and they might try and trade back into the first round using Teddy Bridgewater as part of leverage maybe later. But in this pick, I look at the landscape. I'm like, wow, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, their contracts are coming up, and Jamar Chase is right there. Seems like a really good idea, but I don't think you could turn down Kyle Pitts here. You're, I think somebody else would have traded up for Kyle Pitts by now if he drops this far. I don't. I think he's the third best player on the board overall. Just, I feel like their other needs take priority with the other with the other teams. But I think Carolina takes Kyle Pitts and Sam Darnold goes from the Jets mess to a smorgasbord of weapons all over the place. My goodness, you can't go wrong because you have CMC coming back too. Which and brings and me to number. I'll say a franchise known for their tight ends. Exactly. Uh, getting, a, getting a potential future Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Like good it's Sam Darnold, pick your poison. It doesn't matter who you that offensive line's still rough, but you're you're fine. Those guys will all be open somehow. Yeah. And then at number nine, we have Denver Broncos. I think they might even be in the process of trying to trade up, but I think here they really, really, really want to take Trey Lance. I I think they have other needs that'd be more important, but it sounds like they're really not sold on Drew Locke. And if Trey Lance slips you right here, I feel like you take a chance because you don't want him to play next year really anyway. So you give Drew Locke that chance, like, all right, Drew. Go prove us wrong. He's a, he's a second-round pick, so you don't have that fifth-year option. If he struggles next year, you could bring in Trey Lance with that fifth-year option, or you could just straight sit and be like, look, Drew Locke, do what you can. If they suck next year, you bring in Trey Lance after that year, you probably have another high pick. Seems like a very low-lose situation because that division's pretty loaded with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. you got to have something. And if they don't – and it sounds like there's doubts with Locke. You have everything else in pretty good shape. So yeah. take a shot on Trey Lance. Why not? Unless you really think Drew Locke's your guy, but – all indications are it is not. So I'm taking Trey Lance there. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. They have a lot of needs primarily on defense, honestly. I think that's the biggest thing for them. Their linebackers are pretty good. I actually think I take Jalen Phillips here, the edge number one. There's some big red flags on his injury history, especially with those concussion issues. Basically, UCLA forcing him to retire because that's their rule before coming back and dominating at Miami. And I I think you put him opposite Demarcus Lawrence. That will help both of them because Demar- hey, Demarcus Lawrence is not the same as franchise tag Demarcus Lawrence as we have seen. Yeah. But I think this could reinvigorate him, and he look. I think this would be a good fix. They need corners as well, but I think just getting after the quarterback will help them a lot too. With Lane Vanderesh, Jalen Smith, and now Keanu Neal linebacker, they could cover a lot of ground too. So give me somebody to get after these quarterbacks too. Number eleven, the New York Giants. I can't believe that he's still here, honestly, but I think they see Jamar Chase and they are salivating. They're like, oh God, if Danny Dimes has anything in him, he's now got Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Jamar Chase, Evan Ingram sometimes, and Saquon Barkley. Oh Lord, and a growing offensive line. That's the that's arguably the best young group of skill position players in the league. So Daniel Jones, just don't trip over the grass and you'll be fine at this point. Like you have so many, it doesn't get much better than that. And the Eagles upset about that because they wanted Jamar Chase and they couldn't believe he was still slipping. Still are going to take Jalen Waddle because that him and Jalen Rager would be absolutely insane the amount of speed they'd have. So and then Dallas Goddard over the middle of tight end and maybe if they keep Zach Ertz, I think that gives Jalen Hurts it gives him the ability to stretch the field. And if you have both those guys out there, those safeties are going to stay back. So no one wants to get toasted. That does leave more running lanes for Jalen Hurts as well too to take off and more room for Miles Sanders to do his thing. Number thirteen, the Los Angeles Chargers. I should go offensive line here because you know rules is rules. You protect your young quarterback. There's so many offensive linemen in this draft. I think they can they can kind of risk it because they need corners as well. And I like Patrick Sertan sitting here. 
he's at 14. He's like the 14th best player on our board. And you get him at 14, that's perfect. You, Darren, Derwin James coming back, you still got Joey Bosa chasing these quarterbacks. You did a good job in the offseason helping your offensive line, especially Lindley at center. You get the best center in the game, arguably. So I think they can they can still work around the offensive line. It was the world the worst in the league last year, and Justin Herbert still dominated. So I think you can get some second-round offensive linemen to build around there, and they could fill the gaps. They're not screwing Justin Herbert by not taking an offensive line here. Minnesota really needs an edge at number 14, but I don't know if there's anyone you really want to take here at edge for 14. So I think they go on the offensive line, and this is where they snag Elijah Vera Tucker. I think they see, okay, we have Dalvin Cook as our workhorse. We need to make sure he has as many holes to run through because he is so hard to tackle one-on-one. He reminds me of Prime Le'Veon Bell, where it seems like the first guy never fully gets a hold of him. He's so shifty, so wiggly, and when he decides to dip his shoulder, it hurts. And it, he's he's your horse, and when he's healthy, he's been one of the best running backs in the game. So, And it keeps Kirk Cousins upright to throw it to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen down there somewhere. So that opens up your versatility on offense, and you have to kind of hope Daniel Hunter can come back at 100%. So I, and you could probably get an edge in the second round. I just don't think there's any that you take at 14 besides Jalen Phillips. 15 with New England is fun because Mac Jones is right there. It feels like such a Belichick pick, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say they look at Jeremiah Wusu-Koromo and they're like, oh, the amount of fun I can have with that linebacker safety hybrid who's fast as a safety, reads the play like a linebacker. I could put him anywhere. I could have a matchup with Travis Kelsey and the tight ends of the AFC. I could have him shooting the run gaps against teams like the Colts who are going to run the ball. I could probably have him play safety if I want to get real freaky and confuse these young quarterbacks. He could do anything, and Bill Belichick would – because he'd probably even consider trading up for Jeremiah Wusu-Koromo if, if he had to. So New England gets the most versatile defensive player in the draft, arguably, and everybody below him is upset they were hoping he would drop. <laughs> and now we go to 16, the Arizona Cardinals. You lose Patrick Peterson, you bring in Malcolm Butler. So I think you draft a guy kind of like Patrick Peterson and Caleb Farley. The back is a little bit of a concern just because it is the back. It seems like it was a really mild procedure, but the back is scary, man. That thing could, that's uh, the back injuries are, we, anyone who's had a back injury can attest for that. I won't get too much into that. But I think Caleb Farley is an absolute alien of an athlete. If he's healthy, his skill set with his speed, his size, good luck. I mean, very, he's going to, he's going to be a problem for a lot of the receipts. You have DK Metcalf in your division. This guy matches up with him really well athletically. So that's, we go off of that. And, you can get more weapons later. Cause I know Arizona's talking about loading up on weapons for Kyler Murray. I think there's still some more you can get later. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at 17. They really need offensive line. Cause they've been gutted. They've basically been gutted is the simple way to put it this in the off season. But I think they also really need defense a little bit more. So I could see them going a little more to the defensive defensive side of the ball. And you know, I don't really know if I would take him here personally. I know that's kind of what we're talking about, but it'd be really hard to turn down Micah Parsons right here. Just that pure athletic ability. And if you're the Rays, you got to think, if I teach him how to play linebacker in that first year, I have 10 years of a 4-3 speed running linebacker in this division with Justin Herbert running around, Patrick Mahomes running around, Travis Kelsey. I think they can. the offensive line class is so deep, they can get them later on in the draft. So I think you, you really bank on that base. So you really hope the run of tackles and guards runs a little bit later. And you get a guy that you really can't mimic in this draft or really ever. There's very few Micah Parsons to ever roam this earth. And there's a reason for that because it's not fair. Yeah. So then, so I think they, they, they go after the absolute versatile piece and try and make it work because Corey Littleton was supposed to be that guy for him. He hasn't, he hasn't been as good with him as he's with the Rams, but you put both of them on the field. Okay. We, we can find a way to make this work. I am sure. So that moves me on to number 18, the Miami dolphins. And if you're the dolphins, 
you're here. You kind of, this is where you can actually think about a running back or something like that, but I don't think they will. I think they go after offensive tackle. And I really like Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma state, the nastiest man in the draft by far. Absolutely blocks until the whistle. And then a little bit of something, something afterwards too. He's an absolute monster and their running game. Miles Gaskin was really nice. He had, he was a really nice piece. I think this guy helps him like gives you a mauler helps helps Tua a lot too. Like you have your, you had your tackle. You drafted last year with Tua. You had this guy with it. You not bookend tackles necessarily, but really good young tackles that can grow and opens up your run game as well, especially because you drafted Devonte Smith earlier. So this helps out a little bit. If he does have trouble with the jam, which I don't think he will personally, but that's just me. And at number 19, the Washington football team. I, I do think they're going to try and trade up and go after one of those quarterbacks. Probably. I, I want to give them Mac Jones here just because he slides all the way to them and they have so many other good pieces. It would make a lot of sense but I can't really do it just because I don't think I would take Mac Jones. If I was them at this point, I just don't think I could do it. So what I do is I look at the defensive secondary. I'm like, we have a lot of really good secondary pieces, but you know, what would make it even better is we put Trayvon Merrick back there to go along with Cameron curl as just with that pass rush. They have too. good luck. Everybody else. You got chase young Montez sweat in the squad going after you Cameron curl and him back there. That's wreaking a lot of havoc and, that division is very winnable for all four teams, especially coming off last year. It is not exactly a division that inspires fear, but that defense with with Trayvon Merrick back there, that's a scary defense, especially the way they get after it. Yeah. Moving on to number 20 now, the Chicago Bears. I think here they really, really also consider drafting Mac Jones, but I don't think they feel comfortable doing that either, especially since Matt Nagy and their jobs are on the line. So even if they do get him, good luck. He's probably not going to be around. So I think they go... Matt Nagy looks at his team. He's like, I have Andy Dalton, not the most explosive quarterback, but I have David Montgomery and I have Allen Robinson. I have Cole Komet. I have some nice weapons. What I need to do is I need the block for them to get this to work. So I look at Alex Leatherwood, a huge, the huge man out of Alabama. Absolutely massive. He's he is. When you look at him, you're like, that's an NFL left tackle. Excellent vision. Excellent football IQ really sees the field. He, and he finishes blocks. He, He's not as nasty as Tevin Jenkins. I think you would like to see that. And that's one thing they probably work on, but he's a very strong prospect, kind of similar to Tristan Wirfs was last year. A guy that in the, that can develop really quickly. So I like them going here. Indianapolis Colts at 21. They have a really complete team overall. They really could replace that left tackle. And I look at Kristen Darisaw still sitting there, the left tackle out of Virginia tech. Um, I feel like you have to take him. It's you refortify that already really good offensive line. He's a really, he's a mauler. That's very versatile who his jab, like his initial first punch and pass protection is like Francis and Ghanu throwing a jab. It's stonewalls people. And you put that next to Quentin Nelson with that stable of running backs. And after what you invest in Carson Wentz, I, I know you have other needs, especially on defense, like a corner and that, that sort of thing, but better to keep your big investment Carson Wentz 100% healthy, better to overprotect him if that's possible. Yeah. And now we move on to the Tennessee Titans, which this is a weird one. And I'm going to reach a little bit for a player, mostly because of scheme fit here, but I'm going to go with, Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. They run kind of, they need pass rush. Bud Dupree is going to be, he's not going to be back for a while coming off that late torn ACL that they signed in the off season. You have Harold Landry. I He's a free agent coming up. You, you always have to kind of draft and prepare for the worst in that sort of case. Their pass rush was terrible. Most of the year, most of the time last year. So I feel like you get a versatile guy that can just scream off the edge. He was probably the most productive pass rusher last year in college football. Everybody on the list. He doesn't have the highest, ceiling necessarily but he's almost assured to annoy the heck out of quarterback so i take him for versatility and after you whiff with isaiah wilson last year can't really go wrong with this at this point 
really. Now we move on to the New York Jets, who this is a really good pick for them because I think this guy's even better. That I think he's I have him as the 25th prospect, and he's here at 23. Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern. The Jets have some good pieces, especially on the defensive line. Marcus May at safety, CJ Mosley coming back. But that corner depth chart is not very good looking. Like, I look at that corner depth chart, I'm like, huh, I, I don't like this. I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> and you get a Greg Newsom right there, a guy who I related to Kyle Fuller. That's a really great player, six foot one, a little under 200 pounds, good footwork. I like, the, I like them to snag the corner there. Pittsburgh Steelers. Here would be a great place to break the running back into the first into the first round sort of thing. They could use one, especially getting rid of James Conner. But I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that as much as I like Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. I'm going to pass on both of them, and I'm actually going to look at an offensive lineman because that offensive line minus David DeCastro is starting to get a little bit. It's not what we'd hope to be, and I kind of like Landon Dickerson, center of out of Alabama. You lost the you lost Pouncey due to retirement. That offensive line's not kind of in shambles. You don't have a mobile quarterback anymore. Big Ben is a statue for the most part. When he runs away, it does yikes. So you've got to keep him protected, and he will help your run game, just getting him in the middle next to David DeCastro. They will find a way to make it work. No and now we move on to 25, the second pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars from the Los Angeles Rams. They need a lot of things. Like They really do need a lot of things, but they really need a safety. And I like Javon Holland out of Oregon because – you have CJ Henderson, you got Josh Allen, you got Miles Jack, you got playmakers at all levels, but their safeties, I don't even know their names. I recognize the one guy because he has really long hippie hair running all over the place and it's flying. I think you, he, I think it's Wingard. You can't have him as your best safety. Yeah. So you bring in Javon Holland, a versatile playmaker who can play the nickel. He could probably be a severely undersized type of sub linebacker, but he could do it. He's, he could play just whatever you need. He's a very safe pick in the draft. He will contribute in just about any way, shape, or form you need. Very Tyron Matthew, Eric Berry-esque. So I like Javon Holland for Jacksonville to bounce out their defense a little bit. Moving on to the Cleveland Browns. I think they honestly look to trade back here as well. But considering he's such a good prospect that dropped all the way down, I think they take Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. I have him ranked really high on our board at 13. He's a freak at 6'2", 261, running a 4'5". Like, and then, oh, by the way, 36 reps on the bench press. So he's fast and strong. Similar to a guy you'd be playing opposite of in a Miles Garrett in there. And I know they kind of need interior pass rush. And there's guys like Davion Nixon here I'd like, but Quiddy Pay's too big of a too big of a prospect to pass up. And they have so few holes. They've addressed everything in the offseason. You could just take the best available player at this point. And I'm looking at him sitting there as the best player, like, oh yeah, put him with Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Have fun with that big Ben. Have fun, Lamar Jackson, because these guys can all probably chase you. Yeah. So I re- I think getting Quiddy Pay is a steal for the Browns. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens first pick, I think kind of in the same vein, they look at Gregory Rousseau and they're like, he's not necessarily, there's nothing too much electric about him. He's not, they would prefer an outside linebacker here, but Gregory Rousseau, like you can't teach that six foot seven monster build and a guy they have on their roster by the name of Clay's Campbell has a very similar monsterish build. So I think you get two guys that you could put on the edge there. Greg Rousseau has some growing to do obviously, but man, could you imagine that? Good luck trying to throw drags over the middle. If you're the Steelers, those short slants, when you have two guys, six foot seven, six foot eight, just sticking their giant monster arms up in the air. Like that's just, that's yeah, a rough situation. What was that? I don't want to deal with that at all. Exactly. I think if nothing else, that's just really good for your division. It Baker Mayfield's not the tallest quarterback. That's going to crowd his vision as well too. Like I think it just is a, it really helps you with your in divisions opponents, especially And Joe Burrow too. That offensive line is still building. Those two monsters are just intimidating. So for fun, Baltimore, now they have two picks in very like in like four spots. You can take a take a I don't want to say a flyer on Greg Rousseau because I have him as a high-rated prospect. He's just it's hard to draft him high when I feel like he has a lower 
his ceiling is lower, but his floor is really high. He seems like a very safe to be productive, but not necessarily an, oh my gosh, type of player. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints, who they kind of have a, they have a lot more needs than they usually do, but I'm looking at Jabril Cox sitting there, the linebacker at LSU, athletic technician, really good in coverage, really fluid. Put him out there with Demario Davis too. Cameron Jordan still on the D-line, just sure up that defense. They could use a corner, but none of the – Asante Samuel's an option here, but I'd feel more comfortable. I think Jabril Cox, I have him a little bit higher rated at this point, so that's who I'd take in this spot. Moving on now to the Green Bay Packers. I This is where you would want them to take a receiver, considering they never take receivers ever. I would love to give them Rondell Moore, the five foot seven, four two running guy. But considering they let all of their offensive line basically walk in the offseason, I feel like you have to bring in somebody – and I kind of like Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame, just a big, strong body that you got to keep Aaron Rodgers up right now. I mean, I want to give him a receiver here, but their offseason moves made it kind of hard to get a receiver. So I look at Liam Eikenberg to kind of anchor that one tackle spot for him. And if and once David Bakhtiari comes back, you could slide people around, and that seems like a very strong core because Aaron Rodgers will make anybody work. We saw that last year, especially if you have Devontae Adams and they kept Darren Jones. I guess you another year of another not first round target basically I mean, they'll be fine regardless you still have Devontae Adams <laughs> 30 with the Buffalo Bills I don't want to do it but I'm going to do it they take the first running back in the first round they need some, they need pass rush but I think it's a little I think they wait on it I think they look at what Travis Etienne can bring to them and they're like okay that's a lot of fun that's not, we know Josh Allen could throw it a mile to Stephon Diggs but I like the ability to flick it three yards and watch Travis Etienne dance on everybody and score a touchdown I like his their running back core last year was not great. Zach Moss had his moments. Devin Singletary had his moments, but there was nobody at back there that really scared you. It was all Josh Allen, five wide sets to Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, and squad. I think this gives you a, just a matchup nightmare coming out of the backfield. He, the, the linebackers can't sit on Cole Beasley's short routes. Now they have, to, they have to chase ETN, which opens things up for Cole Beasley, which opens up Stephon Diggs more. So a complete team uh, help, if you will, that sort of thing. Now we move on to the Ravens at 31. This one, I think they kind of have to go offensive tackle to replace Orlando Brown. There's a few guys in here I kind of like. It's They can go any way, but I'm going to go with the kid out of Texas, Samuel Cosme. He's an experienced starter, really quick first step. There's a lot of untapped. Was that? He's huge, too. Yeah, 6'7", 310, a behemoth. He's shown the ability to move his feet. I think he's a guy that if you put him on that team, with the coaching and the way the Ravens have shown to develop players as well as anybody in the league, especially with Ronnie Stanley on the opposite side. And he'll get to play right tackle, which I think will help a lot in a run first offense, a run heavy offense. Nonetheless, you just, all you have to do is get enough of the guys so he can't get in front of Lamar Jackson around the edge or just get in front of him enough. So they can't get JK Dobbins up the middle. And when you're six, seven, three, 10, that should not be too hard. You can very easily do that. And at 32, Tampa Bay, I really, really want them to take Mac Jones here just, just because it that feels like the right spot for him to go. Put him behind Tom Brady for what you would think would be two years, but knowing Tom Brady, it might be five years, so it might not be the best decision. <laughs> yeah. But you brought everybody back. You had no, beside, only one significant player who's not back is Antonio Brown. So I think you can go anywhere. I'm going to go with another guy with a lot of quote-unquote untapped potential and Davion Nixon, the defensive tackle out of Iowa. You have Shaq Barrett. Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea. You throw Davion Nixon in that too, just a guy that could so athletic. I mean, he had a 71-yard pick six against Penn State. He's a good 4-3 technique in a 4-3, but I think as he expands his skill set, which he will do with all these guys around him and all this coaching, he could be a 3-4 type defensive end and just slide up and down the line. Vita Vea is that nose tackle. That's pretty much that. He's too damn big to be anywhere else. Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul have the edges. Davion Nixon just has to find a spot in there 
and be terrifying. Kind of similar to what they did with Tristan Wirth, a fellow Iowa prospect on the offensive line. I think they do that with him on the defensive line next year, and they can do whatever they want. This just seems like a high, high potential, low risk type of pick for him. So that's how I got the first 32 picks rolling. I like it. I, I, I like a lot of those picks. Uh, There's a couple I'm like, huh, really? Uh, but you know what? I respect them. I, I can see where they all fit in, if that makes sense. Um, and, 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 I, and I like them for that reason. Because to be honest with you, I don't have much better picks in, in some of my picks either. I know I'm, I couldn't come up with some for some teams because they did return, like Tampa Bay. <sighs> ah, they return everything. Literally, what do, you, what do you do when you return absolutely everything? You, you have to figure something out. Absolutely. Um, the surprise I had was no Mac Jones and no Najee Harris in the first round. It was, it was tough. And I really like both of them. I think they're good enough. I just, the needs and just the positions to like Mac Jones, I, he's really good. And I think if someone gets him in the second round, that's a really good bargain for him. But I think he's very limited. His ceiling is very low. As we've talked about, I have described him in the big board. Najee Harris, there is nothing negative to say about him. I think Travis Etienne's a bigger, bigger home run hitter, which is what the bills need. But yeah. I think teams are trading up early in that second round to get Najee Harris now. Kind of like what you saw the Colts do with Jonathan Taylor. You saw a lot, a string of second round running backs last year, and they all looked really damn good. Oh, absolutely. So that does it for your list, DJ. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with my list in just a second. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to OnionJSN.com. I'll be having DJ and the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back. You heard from some of our network sponsors there. And as we get into Kelsey's list, I want to give a quick shout out to Dr. Squatch, one of our other sponsors, Smell Like a Man, Feel Like a Champion. Link is in our bio and on our link tree. Kelsey, good luck topping that list, but I'm curious to see how you do so. Yeah, I mean, look, okay, I'll start this out real quickly. Jacksonville, just like you, it's obvious. Trevor Lawrence, because nobody wants to be the guy that missed out on the next Peyton Manning. And even if he's not that great, even if he's just Andrew Luck, well, nobody wants to miss out on the next Andrew Luck either. Yeah, so, just Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah. The- you know that's just it. Uh, so number two, New York Jets. I don't. I'm. I think they're just going to follow the playbook here. I don't think they're going to try to get crazy. I think they're just going to follow the playbook and take Zach Wilson at quarterback for the same kind of factors of Trevor Lawrence because of his just dynamic ability that he's shown at BYU. Plus, a lot of that mesh offense that he ran at BYU transitions pretty well over to the NFL game with the Jets and and the way and the receiving core, the way their receiving core is built. San Francisco now at number three, whether this is their plan all along or not, they're taking Justin Fields. <laughs> and that's just, that's just going to happen. Justin Fields is going to be in the Bay area. He's going to be running play action passes for Shanahan. And he's going to be nailing dudes 45 yards downfield for wide open touchdowns consistently. And him and George Kittle are about to become BFFs and it's going to be a love marriage. We never knew we wanted big 10 bros. I like the sound of it. Exactly. Now where the draft really starts here at number four, Atlanta. I'm a lot like you where I'm thinking if 
if I could, I'd trade away. But I can't. And in a lot of your thinking, you were right. I do think I want to protect Matt Ryan a little bit longer. But I'm going to go to a different position on that offensive line. I'm going offensive guard and Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh, okay. So you're leaving both of those elite tackles out there. I, I don't think they need tackles right now. I think their biggest issue is to protect inside out because they have no run game either. And the run game starts inside out instead of outside in. Passing game is outside in. Run game is inside out. And you need to get a run game to use the weapons that you have on the outside anyways. So give me the offensive guard from USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. In the first reach in my draft, which is one of many, I should say. But And I since, will say we have Elijah Vera Tucker in the top 10 on our list too. So not much of a reach. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, but a lot of other people, they don't have him as high. So, you know, forget them though. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, but now Cincinnati at number five. Joe Burrow just got injured. You need to protect Joe Burrow. This is a simple no-brainer. This is as easy of a pick for me as the Trevor Lawrence pick. Give me Rashawn Slater off of the stack out of Northwestern. Over Sewell. Yeah, because as you mentioned, his baseline is a starting tackle for an NFL team. A 10-year pro is his starting baseline. And I want that over somebody who's going to rely too much on their physicality and their athletic ability. When they get beat, I'd rather have somebody who has the technical know-how to not get beat in the first place. Whereas Panay Sewell, he is just so raw in some aspects of his past protection that he does get beat. And that's my personal opinion. As an offensive lineman, that's the way I lean a little bit more. Give me the technical side first and the physical side second. Um, but now moving to number six at Miami. As you said, they're drafted all around the board and back up at six. Oh, there's just a little guy by the name of Jalen Waddle right here. The other Alabama receiver I have going here at number six, because as you mentioned, Devontae Parker, the big body slant receiver, give me a small guy that can just absolutely burn the top off of anybody's defense. And I say small, but he's still six two, So he's still fast. Five ten. <laughs> Anyways, he is still a stud at receiver for Jalen Waddle. So give me him. him and Will Fuller is terrifying. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, like him and Will Fuller can build it together. Good luck trying to stop that. And that just provides an extra aspect to help Tua grow. Um, now number seven, when I first heard your pick at number seven, I was kind of caught off guard because of JC Horn. And then I looked at my list and I was like, oh wait, I also had a corner going here at Detroit, but I went Patrick Sertan and this unlike offensive line where I go physicality second, technicality first with corners, I go physicality first, technical ability second, and (laughs) give me Patrick Sertan and all that athletic gift that that man brings to the table. He will keep up with absolutely anybody and can jump with anyone. So that's the simple simple answer to why I have Patrick Sertan over J.C. Horn right here. Can't go wrong either way. No. And then probably I think one of the first picks out of the – since the actual draft started that we actually match up on, Carolina. I love Kyle Pitts to Carolina. It's an absolute gem of a fit. I don't, I don't know if he'll actually fall this far in the draft, but not a chance. Someone's trading up for him if he gets past four. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's probably the best case scenario is, he, is somebody does trade up with probably with Cincinnati to get him, and that's a whole different thing, and that would be a fun trade to talk about. Uh, but I think Carolina, Kyle Pitts, that's just a match made in heaven. And if it ends up happening, we look like geniuses. And if it doesn't end up happening, we look like hopeful geniuses. That's a fun <laughs> division if you add him into the mix too. It's already fun without him, but oh my, exactly. And now Denver at number nine. I love Drew Locke, period. I don't think you trade, you go get a quarterback. What you do go get, though, is a guy by the name of Panay Sewell, an (laughs) offensive tackle, who, like I said, 
yeah, I don't like how much he trusts his, his athletic ability, but he's still a 92 and a half rated guy out of a 93 for Rashawn Slater. Like they're that close in comparison. So give me Panay Sewell right here to Denver to, as an offensive tackle. I think this is a, is a bookend tackle for Denver who needs somebody to protect the back end of Drew Locke, really. Because if you protect that kid, he will get he will throw a ball to a wide open Jerry Judy with no problem. So that's just a simple answer. Uh, now number ten, Dallas. Yeah, uh, defense, defense, defense with Dallas. I could literally pick anybody on the defense, and I'm probably not wrong. Um, but I'm picking Caleb Farley because he's an alien. He's he's made in the lab. He's just as as long as that back hit is is okay. Caleb Farley at number ten to me is just that's a slam dunk pick right there. You you just shirt up your number one corner position and you can move Diggs back over to the number two because um, he did not fare well at number one. And now the Giants, I have Devontae Smith going to the Giants for a lot of the same reasons you had Jamar Chase. I just think Devontae Smith gets open a lot more and he's he can fit more in that. Kenny Galladay is going to run a lot of your your bigger routes, your get open route, like your deeper routes. Devontae Smith will run your get open routes. He'll be the Julian Edelman to your Randy Moss, if you will, uh, to, to pull an old Patriots type of. Well, I guess it was Wes Welker and Randy Moss at the time, but that style of offense where Kenny Galladay is going to be the big play guy. He's going to be jumping over the top of people, whereas Devontae will just be getting open consistently. And then you know on the other side, you just have Darius Slayton taking the top off of absolutely every defense. So. That'll be a fun, and again, that'd be a fun wide receiving core just to absolutely watch stunt on everybody. Both of our ways, Daniel Jones better produce, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Philadelphia, as you mentioned, they've been salivating that Jamar Chase is, is stumbling and falling down this list, and the only reason he falls is because he didn't play last year, which is a disappointment to a lot of people. But I have him right here going to the Philadelphia Eagles and matching up, ironically, against a guy he beat in the national championship game in Jalen Hurts. And these two will have a love affair for throwing the ball, like catching and receiving like nobody else's business. Um, Jamar Chase to Jalen, Jalen Hurts will be an absolutely fantastic pairing uh, just because of their skill set. The way they match up is just so perfectly. Um, now, 13, the Chargers. You mentioned a lot of how he, how, uh, you know, Justin Herbert last year was, was able to dominate still with an offensive line. Well, I want to give this man an offensive line so he can dominate for much longer at the same level. And I, this might be a reach, but I love this guy so much in the center of the offensive line, and you really do need to look at the center of this offensive line to help him out. Give me Landon Dickerson. Over Corey Lindley, the all-pro tat center they signed? No, I get, no I'm, I'm putting him as a guard. I'm putting Dickerson oh, okay. as a guard. I got uh, you so he, because of the injury problems, you don't want him starting at center immediately. He can take over that eventually, but Lindley is still, he still has five years until he <laughs> retires, basically. So Dickerson, will, yeah, Dickerson does provide the versatility to be guard and center. And if putting him in as a guard, that's an absolute bomb of a guard right there. I mean, you just, you're not getting touched coming from Landon Dickerson's side. Not with him and you have Lindley right there. You're fine. That gap is not getting touched. Let the edges fly upfield and Justin Herbert slide up into the pocket. Just what every quarterback really wants. Absolutely. And now Minnesota, the Vikings, there's a lot of things I could have done with this Vikings team. I could have gone offensive line again. I could have gone defensive line. I could have gone linebacking core. Uh, I went cornerback. And this is where I have J.C. Horn going, is to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, just to, to try to help and alleviate some of the pressure that you're going to be put on by every single one of these receivers in this division. I mean, no, now, thankfully, thankfully, most of the big-name receivers in the NFC North are on the Vikings. 
So <laughs> you don't have to worry Just about minus that young man named Devonte Adams who's not too shabby. Yeah, but you need to have somebody to match up with Devonte <laughs> Adams. That's exactly right. And who better than the one guy in the SEC that matched up against Demar Chase, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, all these guys, and did a decently good job on them. Now, I can't say he did a great job, but he did a good job. Uh, very, against- very good job, outstanding job, and you get to learn from Patrick Peterson who signed there too. I mean, that's a quality matchup. Exactly. So I think that's a that's a that's a great dynamic duo they'll be building there. And JC Horn has can learn a lot from Patrick Peterson, a whole lot. And he's also a legacy, so he already has a whole lot to work work with already. It's a fantastic pick right there. Now New England, you, you talked about it. You hit the nail on the head with this one. I, this is such a Bill Belichickian move. It, honestly, in my opinion, I think they do trade up. I think this is the team that does trade up with Atlanta. Um, but, again, we don't trade. So that's just too much mess to add into all of this. And because of that, there's just a little-known Alabama quarterback named Mac Jones who's just going to go and, and go to New England and fit in a quarterback room full of a whole bunch of guys that played college ball in Alabama. Two of them from Auburn, one of them from Alabama. <laughs> and Mac Jones, by the end of next year, will be the starter in new england if that's the way that goes because that's just yeah that'll just be how it happens um but yeah so bill belichick gets the most bill belichickian quarterback possible i don't don't think it's i can say anything more it makes Um, sense i mean it adds up yeah now arizona you hit the nail on the head also with patrick peterson leaving you got to replace patrick peterson i like greg newsom here going to arizona Uh, i think he's a quality pick right here as a corner um but I, I can see them going somewhere else, but I do think this is just a quality pick for them just to get a pro-style quarter, corner. And you have Buda Baker on the top end. You're not really worried about getting beat over the top if you're Arizona. So Greg Newsom fits that role pretty well. He can he can drop down. He, he's great at coming to the line. It's keeping up with guys deep where he kind of struggles a little bit. Not but, an elite athlete, a real technical guy. Absolutely, but absolutely can destroy you closing in on you a lot like richard sherman plays for san francisco where oh, he he'll will fight ab- you he will fight you on the edges absolutely now las vegas and john gruden and his <laughs> love affair with pass rushers and edge rushers and never having one even though he traded the best one in the league away fascinating to me so he goes and tries to get himself an edge rusher goes and tries to get quitty pay from michigan Finally off the board at 17. I think our top-rated edge rusher on the big board, if I'm not Second. mistaken. Second top-rated. It's Quiddy Pay. Something about Michigan guys going to John Gruden just seems to roll off the tongue, and you kind of cringe a little bit, but you're like, yeah, it works. And that athletic ability that John Gruden's salivating over there, like that big man that's that strong and that fast, yes, please, please, that's the Raider way, big, fast, strong. Exactly. So that's that's give, give me Quiddy Pay going to Vegas. I think that'll be a fantastic match together. Now, I think this one is just, I'm wishful thinking this one into existence, so I'm going to say it, and I'm going to hope it comes true. Miami with their 18th pick. We talked about, you talked about Bill Belichick wanting a dynamic linebacker, right? A guy who can do everything. He's a hybrid, doing everything. Who better than Bill Belichick to have a guy like that than Brian Flores? Probably second on the list of who you want to give somebody. That's number one on my list. I'm giving Jeremiah Wusukoromora two Miami here at 18 and Brian Flores gets the linebacker. He's always wanted to play with <laughs> with Jerome Baker too. Like good luck guys. Good luck. Exactly. Everybody else that you, you absolutely shut down the middle of the field. You're not going to get any crossing routes going over the middle of that field. And Jeremiah, Usukoromoa, as you mentioned, can cover as well, which is a huge aspect. You can put him over the top of a athletic linebacker. 
or athletic, athletic tight end or a slot receiver, and he can still help you on both sides of that. And he can also rush the passer. He can do all three. Oh, and you're going against New England with two athletic tight ends, so now you got two athletic linebackers. That's a pretty good matchup, too. So they'd be salivating at that one, too, I'm sure. Yeah, and Miami has quality corners to work with as well. So it's like really good corners. if you can fill in that linebacker in your court, you literally shut down the middle half of that field. That middle third they throw to is over with. You're not throwing there. <laughs> you might be able to get them deep in, in the safety role. You might be able to get them shallow, but you're not getting anything in the middle third. And that's a huge fix for a lot of the teams they play. Like Buffalo kills the middle third against a lot of teams. And being able to shut that down, fantastic. Now, number 19, Washington football team. They need a quarterback. As you mentioned, they probably would be trading up. But since they don't do trades, I still have them going after a quarterback. And the surprise of the first round, Kellen Mond goes to the Washington football team. Because... What's more Washington football team than to go get a guy named Kellen Mond, who is, I don't, I don't know what to call Kellen Mond. He's a decent quarterback who has moments of brilliance while still at the same time looking awful. Yeah, I feel like he's an untapped potential type of guy too. Like potential's there, to, can you get it out? Which that's five quarterbacks in the first round, but not the five most people would have guessed. No, and I'm not even done with all the quarterbacks in the first <laughs> round yet. Don't you worry. Because right here, coming up at number 20, Chicago, you definitely need a quarterback, Chicago, and you were going to be the team that reaches up for Kellen Mond, but you couldn't get him in time. And there just so happens to be the other guy that was mentioned in the top five as a running quarterback that just seems to have stumbled conveniently down to Chicago at 20. So they don't have to trade up and make a mistake. They get to sit at their number 20 pick and make another mistake at quarterback and take Trey Lance. So... Number 20, give me Trey Lance. I actually do think Trey Lance can be a good quarterback. I just, I don't trust him enough to take him in the top 10. I don't even really trust him enough to take him in the top, the first round. But Chicago is desperate for a quarterback. They need a quarterback. And Trey Lance will probably be the answer to their quarterbacking issues. So if you're in charge of Washington and Chicago, you take Calamond over Trey Lance, and then you're okay with settling for Trey Lance at 20 for the Bears? Yeah, I, there's no other quarterback that can provide the dynamic ability Trey Lance can do at 20. i left on the board. I do think you can wait a little bit and get Felipe Franks later in the draft. I think he's going to be a quality guy, whether he's backup or starter. I think that's a question mark that needs to be answered. And that won't be answered until you start getting into fall practices because he, you, his biggest problem is taking hits to that knee that's been surgically repaired. That's the biggest question with Felipe Franks is if you can take those hits in an NFL game. That's a, that's a game changer because he is that level of talent. He was a first round opportunity guy before he got injured and Kyle Trask took over for him. Let's not forget. Um, he was potentially going to be in the first round draft, uh, first round of the, of the draft that year, but he got injured and that changed everything. Very interesting. All right. So that interesting set of picks, but all right. Yeah. You know, Hey, got to spice things up in, in, in this, in this, in this life that is the NFL draft. But now number 21, you're the Indianapolis Colts. They need to tackle. That's as simple as it is. I think, you, if I'm not mistaken, I think you pick Leatherwood to go to Indianapolis here at 21. They had Derisaw. Leatherwood Derisaw, went sorry. to the Bears. Derisaw. I go Liam Eichenberg, the Notre Dame offensive tackle. For no other reason, there just seems to be a guard right here from Notre Dame that loved them all people who just so happens to have a slight bit of relationship with Liam Eichenberg, and that's the reason Liam Eichenberg committed to Notre Dame. You just kind of want that Notre Dame connection. You will speak that into existence, and it's not a bad pick since it's a first-round tackle. 
Absolutely. I think Liam Eikenberg to, to Indianapolis will actually be a bigger pickup than Braden Smith was to the Colts. I think he's a better, better, better tackle prospect prospective there. Um, I do like Tevin Jenkins and it's kind of a toss up between the two, but I do like Liam Eikenberg just a little bit more because of his technical, technical abilities from a tackle. Just Either way, as long as they keep Carson up, right? That's pretty much what you have to ask for. And whatever you do, just funnel everybody to Quentin Nelson. It's probably one of the easier left tackle jobs you could find. When in doubt, push him to Quentin. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly right. Now, Tennessee, uh, our no- the number one edge rusher off our big board goes right here, Jalen Phillips. And the biggest reason he slips is because of the injury concerns. Because injury of- concerns, you you decide not to take a risk on them until later. You decide to hold off if you're any of these GMs. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't trust it. And I think when you come down to this, you get Mike Vrabel as your coach. And in Tennessee, you're like, you know what? Mike Vrabel had a lot of injury issues himself coming out of college. He knows how to handle these type of guys, and he's a defensive-minded coach. Give me Jalen Phillips. At 100%. this point, it's like Jalen Smith and Miles Jack at this point. You could take the risk later in the second round or early, or later in the first round or early second round. It's just questionable when you're in the top 10, and you need it now. Exactly. That's 100% correct. And so that's why I have him going to Tennessee, which just makes that team even scarier, really. <laughs> Um, and now 23, the Jets, as a, you know, they have tagged Wilson in the first. They got Mekdi Beckton last year, but I still think they need to work on this offensive line. And so give me Tevin Jenkins. Getting a little nasty on there, huh? Oh, we're going to get a little nasty, a lot nasty real fast. You got Mekdi Beckton on one side, you get Tevin Jenkins on the other. Nobody wants to deal with these tackles, period, at all. I don't want to deal with them. Zach Wilson will love them because he'd hmm. be like, oh, yeah, I just stand back here and not have to worry about it. I can roll out and not have to worry about dying. So give me that. But that's so give me, give me, give me Tevin Jenkins at number 23. Now, 24 with Pittsburgh. I'm like you. I could kind of go running back here, but there's just a guy that just seems to be slipping down my board. And I don't know if you've realized it yet, but a guy out of Penn State, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania. They need a linebacker. Why not go get Micah Parsons out of Penn State? Yeah. The AFC North just said, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're, we'll be in Cleveland, and if this happens, I'm going to get looked at and probably get, get yelled at real fast um, if, this, if this actually is a pick that ends up working out. But give me Micah Parsons to Pittsburgh because it's a perfect fit, really. In this, in this reality, it would be an absolute dime of a fit to have Micah Parsons fall all the way to Pittsburgh and then not have to trade up for him. Opposite Devin Bush, too, in the middle. Great. Two, yeah. four, three linebackers. We talked about how rare one is you get two of them on the same team. Exactly. And when you drop TJ Watt into coverage, well, you won't have to do that anymore. But when you do Never. it, you have three guys that run four, five, or better than in your linebacking core. Most oh, and there's Minka back there, too. If you that. try and just say throw over the top, and there's a Minka Fitzpatrick always roaming. So good luck, everybody else. <laughs> exactly. So that'd be a lot of fun getting Pittsburgh, getting Micah Parsons. Um, now, 25. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. You just got Trevor Lawrence. Now let's go to your defense and let's give you a defender. And I'm going to give him Trayvon Morick. Now I've talked a lot about leading the lead up, how much I love Trayvon Morick. And the only reason I haven't put no other management here has taken him is purely down to other needs. First, that's this it. is a Trayvon Merrick Stan account in case anyone is missing out on that. <laughs> that is how it is. So give me Trayvon Morick to Jacksonville. Their top safety now. And he will be there for a long time to come. Now, I gave them the safety as well, so we agree on that one for sure. Yeah, I mean, you gave him Javon, Javon Holland, I'll give him Trayvon Morig. We'll be happy. Uh, Jackson will be happy at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Cleveland, at number 26. We talked about this when we talked about Cleveland 
And obviously they do have one linebacker that you recognize the name of, but you don't have any other linebackers. Well, they're just Jamin Davis and the freak of nature that that man is could be a whole lot of fun being right there next to a tackling machine who also had a freak of nature out of the SEC next to him in Indianapolis. So he knows how to deal with these type of linebackers, that type of prototype linebacker. So give me Jamin Davis to pair up in Cleveland. And that's just a whole lot of fun. And then you still got Mac Wilson too, who's like, that's, that's a squad. I mean, Cleveland really can't do any wrong. And this is a really nice pick for him. Yeah. I mean, 100%. It's just, that's kind of just one of those. It, it, it can be a stretch pick, but at the same time, it's a smart stretch pick. If you would, um, because some people calculated think, risk. Yeah. Some people are like, Oh, you can take him in the second round. Well, where a team like Cleveland, they just don't really need a whole lot. Why not try to fill that extra hole? And that's you know? a late second round pick too. So they might not be able to get him in the second round. Yeah, exactly. So now Baltimore, their first of their two picks. You lose an offensive tackle like you just lost. You need to replace him. And I'm in the same mindset of you. You need to replace him with one of these picks. Well, I replace him right here with Alex Leatherwood. So you kind of get the same prototypical body that you just traded away. Massive. Yeah, just 100% massive, can bust over everybody, is kind of nasty while still being a technician. So works perfectly for Baltimore. And that the Lamar Jackson stamp dirtier. of approval has been initiated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now New Orleans at 28. I have Zayvon Collins going here to New Orleans at 28. Uh, like you, I have a linebacker just filling in that role next to Demario Davis and helping to stir up this defense even more. And give me a tackling machine like Zayvon Collins. I mean, really, the, the, the biggest knock on him is not the fastest ta- linebacker in this group. I'm sorry he doesn't run a 4-3. He just runs a subtle 4-5-5. <laughs> oh and a 42 inch vertical so i mean his his athletic talents is vertical not horizontal oh darn good luck exactly. throwing over that and and the tulsa kid stays at home or close to home by only going to louisiana so not too far away from home um now chris or sorry green bay i kind of gave the gave the, the cake away on <laughs> this one green bay needs offensive linemen and well yeah christian derisaw is sitting there on the board so go give me christian derisaw simple easy Straightforward. If you they could pull Christian Darisaw, they better they better hand that ball to the fa- to Jair Alexander. And say you sprint there with your fast self and don't let anyone get in the way. You sprint that car there and don't risk anything happening. One thousand percent. I mean, this is just one of those. Again, this is just preferential need over like for each position. He is honestly Christian Darisaw is one of the top five rated tackles. In my eyes, I don't like him as much as some of the other ones, and that's why he drops for my board. But that's okay. I'm not gonna hate him. He's still a first round talent. One hundred percent. I differed. I had him as the third best tackle. So like split six and one and half a dozen. The other is so many. You can't go wrong. There's going to be like five first round guys in the second round. Exactly. Now, number 30, we talked, you talked about that Buffalo needing, needing pass rushing, but you didn't give him pass rushing. Well, I gave him pass rushing. I gave him Aziz Ojolari. Uh, like you said, the most effective of the edge rushers that are on our big board. Uh, definitely the most productive last season for sure. Uh, coming out of Georgia. I think he's a perfect fit for that Buffalo team who needs to get pressure on the quarterback. And number 31, my favorite pick of this entire draft, once they've got this pick, I was so excited to be able to do this because this was going to be my pick for them in the second round. Well, you moved up into the first round, so I have you taking Quinn Miners, the offensive guard slash center out of Wisconsin Whitewater. I've been waiting to get this man in a first-round draft board, and I finally got the opportunity because the one team that I think is perfect for him is Baltimore, and they're just – they need nasty linemen to, to, make their, to make their game successful. 
And I don't know if there is a nastier lineman than Quinn Miners in this draft. This man will absolutely maul you to death. And this, so, I can't wait. So you're telling me this Ravens team next year at one point is going to have Ronnie Stanley, Quinn Miners, and Chris and Derisaw on the offensive line? Is that what you're telling me with Lamar Jackson and J.K. No, no, Alex Leatherwood, not Chris and Derisaw. Oh, excellent. Okay, yes. All right, so you're telling me Alex Leatherwood, Ronnie Stanley, and Quinn Miners. All right, I don't, I'm not playing defense. I'm retiring if I'm any of those guys. Like, I'm none of that. No thanks. Yeah, I mean, look, it's only fair, right? I give I give the rest of the AFC North. Like I gave them all skill guys. I might as well give give Baltimore some more some more talent at the offensive line. Trade away all your receivers. Just get big tight ends. You're running jumbo the rest of your career, guys. Like that's all you need at this point. At this point in time, I think it's time to to realize what you are with with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. He's a game manager type of quarterback where he, he anything within that offense. He does successfully as long as you keep it within the offense. Your offense doesn't dictate to throw outside of the numbers. You're not successful that way. You can argue that he is a game manager when he comes down to playing within his offense and playing within his skill set. He does that very well. And you build that in by giving a whole bunch of maulers the opportunity to maul people. And this is this is what Baltimore needs to do. But this is actually the one pick I laughed when you did it, and I had to mute myself when you were actually talking about your number 32 pick. Because I did the exact same thing. Because I talked about this early on in, in one of our in our first mock draft. I love the idea of Davion Nixon going to Tampa Bay. I just I think getting an extra DT in this team just to help alleviate some of the pressure off of Vita Vea is a quality idea. I mean, there's no reason not to. There's no reason to run Vita Vea out there every single snap defensively when you can have an opportunity to run a Davion Nixon out here and help offset a lot of the pressure that Vita Vea faces dealing with a lot of double teams. And so give me Davion Nixon right here to Tampa Bay. And that rounds out my top 32. And Davion Nixon could chase the plays down if he gets through a hole too. Good luck running away from him if he gets easy penetration right at the A-gap because you slip up on him or he destroys the guy one-on-one. So it's a good pick. I think we were both thinking along the same lines. No doubt. Yeah, I think it's it would be a lot of fun to see Davion Nixon playing, uh, playing DT in, in Tampa for that team that is just absolutely – that defense is absolutely outstanding. Absolutely, too. So this was our what we would do if we were in charge of each of these 32 teams. Definitely some interesting players that didn't make it into our first rounds. You had six quarterbacks in the first round. I only had four. I had Mac Jones. I think he's going to be first or second pick in the second round. I think someone's going to be like, what do you want, Jacksonville? We want him. I think you're going to see New England's and all those teams offer a ransom, arguably offer first round picks to go get him. I just don't think anyone was quite. If I'm in charge of any of these teams, I don't feel comfortable pulling the trigger in the first round for him personally. Yeah, I think the only team that would feel comfortable right here is New England. They they seem like the only team that would feel comfortable with Mac Jones going before 25. And the thing is, after 25, there's not a team that needs a quarterback there. Uh, if you're talking about and I mean, I could Cleveland, see Washington Baltimore, maybe Orleans. pulling the trigger. Yeah. Maybe Washington pulls the trigger. But I, if I'm them too, I look at him like there's a lot of other better players. I'll risk trying to trade up in the second round too because – I don't know if he's really honestly Ron Rivera's type of quarterback either. I don't know what they have Taylor Heineke. You just resigned too. I mean, I don't know. They're a tough one. And then same with the bears. I maybe, I feel like they'd rather trade up in the second round and try it that way. And that's why I picked Kellen Mond for Washington is because you mentioned it right there. Ron Rivera's type of quarterback. He doesn't like stationary quarterbacks. He does not do well with stationary quarterbacks. And that's just his thing. He needs a quarterback that can get out of the pocket and Kellen Mond can do that. And they would likely probably take Trey Lance, but I just, if I'm Washington, I don't like the fact Trey Lance has almost equal amount of rushing opportunities as he does passing opportunities. I don't like that at all. That just it's very close to Colin Klein, well. the old Kansas State quarterback, and that could be a little concerning for some coaches. 
Absolutely. So that that just doesn't sit well with me, and that's just why I have them ranked a little differently. And we will say the chances of this actually happening are very unlikely because we didn't include trades. A lot of these teams might trade back up into the first round for Mac Jones if they see him slipping. Like I can see the Bears saying, "Like, oh my God, he's here at twenty nine. Green Bay, take all, of, take everything from us. The Buffalo, take everything from us, just to get back to get him." But since we can't do that, this is how we had to play out as well, too. And there's some quality names getting to the second round. I had Jamin Davis going the second round. I, you had Jabril Cox. Like, there's a lot of good players in this draft. Having the pandemic kind of a lot of players take last year and sit out because of the pandemic gave a lot of other players a chance to step up and get their names out there. Then those studs from 2019, like Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, Gregory Rousseau, they come back into the mix on top of that. So I think that made this one of the deeper draft classes we've seen in a minute. Absolutely. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because those guys sitting out a season, I mean, they, they changed a lot of things for, for a lot of these teams because they were standouts before. Javon Holland even being a guy that stand, stand a standout in Oregon almost came back for the season. And then he's like, it's the first, after the first game, he's like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. I don't feel safe. And he, he was, he just gone. Like you saw him play one game last year and then he was gone. <laughs> like that's how that worked. And you're just like, what happened to him? What, what, what happened? Because usually when that happens for a college player, it, it does not mean good things. Whereas the last year is just a self-protection thing. So A year unlike any other, I think it could potentially lead to a draft class unlike any other. For better or for worse, I think this is going to be one we look back on and it's always going to have an imprint on our brains moving forward. And Absolutely. someone's going to win a Super Bowl because of this draft, I think. In recent years, in the next couple of years, this draft will propel someone to a Super Bowl for one reason or another. I don't know how, but I have a feeling it will. I 100% agree with you. And that does it for us today, guys. Uh, we will be in... Cleveland on Thursday doing a live color cast coverage of the first round of the draft along with a charity stream on YouTube for Kicks for Kids Cleveland. Uh, be sure to check out our Twitter page for more information on that and how to get involved in that. And really until then, DJ, any final words? Not all. Definitely tune in for that one. Even if it's just for a couple minutes, jump on ColorCast, tune in. for It's for a good cause. It requires absolutely no effort than to press a couple buttons. Jump in the comment section and talk a little trash with us if you think what we're saying is stupid or if you want to tell us what your team should do. It's Come in and talk some ish with us. That's all That's all it really is. And it could be for a good cause. Absolutely. So we can't wait for that, guys. Uh, be sure to check it out. And like I said, check out our Twitter page, Instagram page. That'll have all the information on it. And stay tuned for more fun stuff, like some our experience over at the NFL Draft Experience. You might see us kicking a, kicking a field goal or running a 40 or doing a vertical leap and falling on our faces, and it'll be entertaining. Depending on how bad it is, you might not see it, though. Just, just a fair warning. If it's bad, you might not see it. Yeah, that's, that's also very true. So until next time, guys, we will see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.